This is Brother Michael A. Smith, a voice for Freemasonry, bringing to you the Short Talk Bulletin, published by the Masonic Service Association of North America every month since 1923. This, the Short Talk Bulletin podcast, is produced in cooperation with the MSA and is made possible with the generous support of a grant from the Grand Lodge AFNAM of Minnesota. This is Brother Colin Britton, Assistant Secretary of Freeport Lodge No. 23, Freeport, Maine. Volume 27, No. 10, October of 1949, Covering of a Lodge. Written by Carl Cloudy. Quote, No less than the clouded canopy, or starry-decked heaven, where all good Masons hope at last to arrive by the aid of that theological ladder, which Jacob, in his vision, saw extending from earth to heaven, the three principal rounds of which are denominated faith, hope, and charity, and admonish us to have faith in God, hope in immortality, and charity towards all mankind. End of quote. Thus the esoteric ritual, and some have believed that these few words encompass the Alpha and Omega of these symbols in the entered apprentice degree. But much more may be said of the clouded canopy, the starry-decked heavens, Jacob's ladder, the blazing star, which while mentioned in the ritual of the ornaments of a lodge, certainly is part of the starry-decked heaven. Much of Freemasonry's ritual is centered around activities which occur in the open. The building of the temple, the passage through the Red Sea, the battle at the ford of the Jordan, the beginnings of architecture, the meetings on hills and vales are instances. The three scripture readings from the 133rd Psalm, the 7th chapter of Amos, the 12 chapters of Ecclesiastics, tell of outdoor matters. Quarry from whence come the ashlers, tabernacle in the wilderness, chalk, charcoal and clay, the casting of the brazen pillars, much of the description of geometry, the beehive, sword and naked heart, anchor and ark, scythe, gravel, acacia, the Hiramic legend, all are interwoven with life in the open. Was this by chance? Freemasonry takes her symbols, her teachings, her doctrine and her forms of worship from all over the world and from time beginning with ancient Egypt, the older Babylonians, if not from periods further back in history. It is only in recent years that Masons met in temples. Building the great cathedrals also was an outdoor job. It is therefore not only good doctrine and better symbolism, but natural and easy to understand that a lodge masonically is representative of the world. It can, therefore, obviously, have no other covering than that which covers the world, the sky, blue vault, clouded canopy, starry-decked heaven. Most of Freemasonry's symbols are far older than masonry as we know it. Much of our ritual is suggested by Old Testament passages. These, in turn, cover vestiges of more ancient philosophies and religions. 
early religion worship was of the fire and of the sun. Fire was built in the open long before it was brought inside a shelter. Early sun worshippers built their rude temples without roofs, since no man-made temple could contain the sun god. The famous German Masonic philosopher Krauss said, The primitive lodge is confined within no shut-up building, but is universal, reaches to the heaven, especially teachings that in every clime under heaven Freemasonry has its seat. Our ancient brethren, we are told, held their meetings on high hills or in low vales, and it is interesting to note that mountain tops and hills were early esteemed as holier ground than lower places. This is the law of the house. Upon the top of the mountain, the whole limit thereof, round about, shall be most holy. For they also built themselves high places and images, and groves on every hill, and under every green tree. There are many similar verses in both Old and New Testaments. In continental lodges of an older day, grand masters and masters walked beneath silken canopies representing the celestial or cloudy canopy. In the early 18th century, the representation of the pillars in the porch of Solomon's temple were also emblematic of the pillar of cloud which guided the Israelites by day and the pillar of fire which led them at night. Obviously, these were not within any hall or temple, but beneath the covering of the earth, the clouded canopy. Ritual refers to the theological ladder, which Jacob in his own vision saw extending from earth to heaven. The biblical reference is Genesis 28.12, and he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set upon the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold the angel of God ascending and descending on it. This one reference is the only place in the Bible in which the word ladder appears. The Old Testament is but one of many sacred books, however, in which a theological ladder usually of seven steps occurs. The ladder is widely dispersed among ancient religions, in the mysteries of Mithras in Persia, seven stages of initiation were concerned with a ladder of seven steps, each dedicated to one of the planets, the topmost step representing the sun. In the mysteries of Brahma, it is the same seven-step ladder, but with the steps having different names, of which the last was the sphere of truth, where dealt Brahma, the god, a representative of the sun. The ladder is even more ancient than these. It goes back probably to its invention. At least vestiges of ladders in theology are still found in the most primitive of savage religions. Fraser's Golden Bough tells of the Tomari, a tribe of the Celebes who worship spirits in trees. Before felling a tree, the spirit is invited out of the tree by a bribe of Bethel nut and descends by means of a little ladder set against the tree for its convenience. In islands between New Guiana and Australia, the natives worship a plura, translated Mr. Sun. Once a year, he is supposed to descend from the holy fig tree he inhabits. 
To aid his descent, a ladder with seven steps is considerately placed at his disposal. In most of the old charts, Jacob's ladder is shown with only three rounds or steps. And, as of course all familiar with the entered apprentice's degree know, these represent faith, hope and charity. Apparently the ladder, extremely ancient as a symbol, is not so as a Masonic symbol. It appears to have been introduced by Dunclerque in the latter part of the 18th century. Its earliest appearance on a tracing board or chart is in 1776, and here it has but the three familiar rounds. Preston corrected this. He kept the three steps as three principal rounds, not the only rounds, and three principal rounds the ladder now has in almost all American rituals. Mackey states that a writer of one of the Midrashes, or commentaries, finding that the Hebrew word for ladder and Sinai have each the same numerical value of letters, expounds the ladder as typifying the giving of the law on that mount. Abenezra thought that this was symbol of the human mind, and that the angels represented the sublime meditations of man. Maimonides supposed the ladder to symbolize nature in its operations, and, citing the authority of a midrash which gives it four steps, says that they represent the four elements, the two heavier, earth and water, descending by their specific gravity, and the two lighter, fire and air, ascending from the same cause. Aberbrunel, assuming the Talmudic theory that Lutz, whose Jacob slept, was Mount Moriah, supposes that the ladder resting on the spot, which afterwards became the holiest of holies, was prophetic symbol of the building of the temple. And later, Raphael interprets the ladder and the ascent and the descent of the angels as the prayers of man and the answering inspiration of God. Flood, the Hiramic philosopher in his Philosophia Mosaica of 1638, called the latter the symbol of the triple world, moral, physical and intellectual, and Nikolai says that the latter with three steps was among the Rosicrucian Freemasons in the 7th century, a symbol of the knowledge of nature. Then stairs arise, and the night is holy, Longfellow. Starry-decked or star-decked. Grammarians contend that the first is wrong, the second correct, that the heavens are decked with stars, not with starry, and that if starry-decked is correct for the heavens, then flowery-decked would be correct for a bride. But ancient ritual prints the words starry-decked, while some Grand Lodges have capitulated to the grammarians, more have kept the ancient form, incorrect though it undoubtedly is by modern English standards. The word deck comes from the Dutch decken, meaning to cover. This is derived from an earlier Teutonic stem thek. The Old English thek, modern English thatch, to deck is to cover, clothe, adorn. 
The starry-decked heavens, then, are the heavens covered with or adorned by stars. Aster is Latin, borrowed from the Greek, for star. The flower which bears the name aster is star-shaped, so is the asterisk. What are the stars of the starry-decked heaven? How many are they? To science the stars are globes of burning gas. There are less than 3,000 visible to the naked eye, the number depending on altitude, time of year, time of night, and clarity of atmosphere. The Bible has many quotations showing how numerous the ancients thought the stars to be. I will multiply thy seed as the stars. Ye were as the stars of heaven of multitude. Multiplied thy merchants above the stars are instances. The actual number of stars is not known, perhaps never can be known. Each new increase in the power of the telescope discovers fainter and fainter stars. The Milky Way, which appears to be but a faintly luminous cloud, is composed of millions of stars. If space is infinite, and it is impossible to think of it as having boundaries, and all space is filled with stars, as in the space we can penetrate with our telescopes, then the number of stars must be infinite. But these are not the stars of Freemasonry's starry-decked heaven. The scientific stars, countable or uncountable, have no place in symbolism or the poetry which Freemasonry makes her own by the inclusion of those. Lamps numberless, mystic jewels of God, the luminous, wonderful, beautiful lights of the veil. Buchanan The stars of Freemasonry's clouded canopy are those which have become interwoven with our lives through popular sayings, living poetry, the aspirations of men's hearts. Emerson's, hitch your wagon to a star. It is in many copybooks. Too low they build who build beneath the stars is perhaps the most famous quotation from Young's Night Thoughts. We do not count our stars in masonry. We think of them as did the poet Bailey as stars, which stand as thick as dewdrops on the fields of heaven. To know Mason is a star a burning globe of gas. Rather does he think of Longfellow's, Silently, one by one, in the infinite meadows of heaven, blossom the lovely stars, the forget-me-nots of the angels. And if Angeline is too classical, then Kilmer. God be thanked for the Milky Way that runs across the sky, that the path of my feet would tread whenever I have to die. Some folks call it a silver sword and some a pearly crown, but the only thing I think it is Main Street, Heaven Town. In rites of masonry, other than the symbolic lodge, is the North Star, also the seven stars of the Pleiades, Orion, and a few others. It is interesting to note that in Jeremy Cross' True Masonic Chart, the illustrations by Amos Doolittle of Connecticut show Jacob's ladder ascending into a cloud through which seven stars are to be seen. The principal star of symbolic masonry, of course, is the blazing star in the centre of the tessellated pavement, which we are taught is the emblem of divine providence. It was not always so, however. 
the blazing star apparently came into speculative masonry about 1735 and since then has had many different meanings. Divine Providence, the Star of Bethlehem, Prudence, Beauty, the Sun. In spite of the non-sectarian character of Freemasonry as determined both by the old charges and the Articles of Union of the Ancient and Moderns in London, 1813, Webb persisted in teaching that the blazing star represented the Star of Bethlehem, which guided the wise men to the infant Jesus. But this was removed from the ritual in the Baltimore Convention in 1843, and practically all rituals now use the blazing star as a symbol of the divine provenance which a mason of any faith may interpret for himself. The blazing star probably represents either a planet or Cirrus, the dog star, brightest in the skies. The ancients knew the difference between the planets, wanderers and the fixed stars, which moved only in slow revolution about the pole star. As Venus is alternately an evening and a morning star, and the brightest object in the heavens except the sun and the moon, it doubtless was the origin of the blazing star, symbol representative of the star of Bethlehem, which was to become in Masonic ritual symbol of divine provenance. This is Brother Michael A. Smith, a voice for Freemasonry. And this has been the Short Talk Bulletin Podcast, produced in cooperation with the Masonic Service Association of North America for the purpose of providing a common stock of vetted Masonic information to all of the constituent lodges of all of the member jurisdictions and is made possible through a generous grant from the Grand Lodge AFNAM of Minnesota, who have been engaging and inspiring good men who believe in a supreme being to live according to the Masonic tenets of brotherhood.